Welcome to the FML Podcast, the podcast on a mission to uncover actionable insights, explore the latest trends, and to catalyze your fintech's growth. Join Growth Gorilla's founder and managing director, Shamir Sajdev, and some of fintech's hardest-hitting marketers and leaders. Welcome everyone to this episode of the FML podcast. Today we're joined by Rita Martins, Head of Fintech Partnership at HSBC. Rita, thanks for uh, coming on today. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. No, fantastic. Uh, Well, for for everyone listening to the show today, do you want to share a little bit about your background, your journey so far and, and, and perhaps your role at HSBC? I started within consulting, so I work for Ernst & Young ENY and Accenture, and I work as a consulting within the financial services industry. So I was working with the C-suites within the banks to really help them drive digital transformation and also understand how new technologies will help them improve their processes and also uh, think about their future strategy. A few years back, I moved into HSBC, and I'm currently the head of fintech partnerships at HSBC. Now, that's a long name. So what does it mean? Um, I'm almost the bridge between the fintechs and the startups within the ecosystem and the industry and the internal stakeholders. So really, I identify the high potential startups in the ecosystem and then bring them and connect them with internal stakeholders, help them through the POCs, so proof of concepts, and then if successful, help them through the implementation. So it's a very interesting job. And also we are moving more and more into the Web3 world, which is, I think, many people within the fintech industry are still doing. So there is a, a few different components like the, the new technology and the, the startup ecosystem that we start looking into. That sounds, actually, I could be honest, sounds super exciting. I'm, I'm <laughs> marginally envious. You've been obviously heading up uh, the fintech partnerships for, for about four years now. Have you seen the landscape evolve during your tenure at uh, HSBC? As the new technology is really improving and changing, we have seen that a lot has changed and I think a lot will definitely change in the future. So all companies within the financial services and even without the financial services are looking to the new technologies and seeing how they can leverage those technologies to improve their processes, to improve the, the client experience. I have seen that there is more and more collaboration within the industry. So we have seen more and more partnerships with fintechs and big techs like the Google and the Amazons and also within the, the big techs and the banks. So I think there has been much more collaboration and partnership, which is also helped by the speed of the innovation and the, the new technology that's uh, within these markets. Some of the advice that I've seen you give, uh, particularly via like LinkedIn and other channels, it has been for uh, fintechs to find themselves a, a business sponsor. Um, and obviously, you know, it can be scary and confusing to find your first partner when starting up. What is your advice um, that you give to fintechs who are looking to find a business partner? It's very important when a, when a fintech or a startup are starting to have conversations with big corporations or big banks that they really understand, first of all, what it is a product, what it is the problem that they're trying to solve, and then have identify what is their target audience for that use case, for their problem that they're trying to solve. And that will really help them identify the sponsor. And why do I say that my advice is to identify sponsor is really because 
for small companies like fintechs and startups, sometimes it can be a bit difficult to navigate such a big organization like us. So my advice is that instead of trying to speak with as many teams as you can and as many people as you can, is to be much more targets. And that's why I was talking through the, the process. So think about what's your use case, what is the problem that you're trying to solve, who would be the target audience of that problem, and then go and try and have a conversation with those teams. And that's an easy approach for, for small fintechs that are really starting these conversations to not get lost into so many different conversations within a big organization. That's a big point that you mentioned, getting, you know, obviously trying to reach out to larger organizations. What's your advice for, for fintechs for them to reach out to organizations that perhaps don't have a dedicated partnership team? So, for example, if you are a fintech or a startup, they already have a product within either bank or other organization, really understand what is that team that they're working with. Because different banks and different organizations, they will have similar teams that do the same thing. So although they might have different names, like we were just saying, like retail banking at HSBC might be called something else, at Barclays might be called something else, and other banks, the same thing. But in the simple terms, they will be doing the same thing. So if you are a fintech that you already have a product, try and understand what does that team do? And that's how you can target a bit more to have conversations at big banks. Of course, if big banks, and I think nowadays more and more big banks have similar teams like myself, where doing the bridge the gap, do also start with that and, and see if they can help you navigate the organization. What do you think the red flags are? when trying to choose a partner? I think from both sides is really just making sure that there's open communication around what it is the problem that they're trying to solve from the startup side and from the organization side, what it is the problem that they have. But also in terms of the vision, what do they both see or what do they want to accomplish from the partnership? So I think the communication is really the main thing that both parties need to make sure that they are continue having it even after they have done the partnership, even after there is a contract in place, making sure that the open communication is ongoing. Partnerships with, with large organizations like banks can take quite a while to complete. And on the back of that, obviously, you know, as I suppose some of the more uh, mature fintechs now have grown, there's a new trend where obviously fintechs are partnering with each other. Why do you think that is? And, and is, is that only down to speed or are there other attributes to that? They're different business models, right? So you have banks partnering with fintechs, you have banks partnering with your big techs, and then you also have fintechs partnering with big techs. What is happening now is that fintechs are also partnering within themselves. So they're creating an ecosystem. I think it's just different ways of approaching the markets and all the different business models really have their benefits, but also the, the constraints. From a bank, all the different business models make sense and they really help. So if a fintech is part of an ecosystem, what it means is that the partner, being a, a big company or a big tech or wherever it is, when they partner with that fintech, they're not just partnering with that fintech, but they can also have access to the ecosystem that the fintech is part of. So from the fintech side, being a small company, sometimes they decide that it's, it's for them, it's stronger, it's, it's a better business case if they're part of the ecosystem. And from a bank as well, looking into the ecosystem, it's an interesting proposition. What would be your, your key tips to successful fintech partnerships? 
So I think we already talked about the communication. I think the other one is making sure that they have clear success KPIs. So when we we're talking earlier around the, the journey of a, of a partnership, typically we start with discussions, then we go into POCs or proof of concepts, and then if successful, we go into partnerships. And even at that stage of a proof of concept, one of the key elements is to have defined success criteria from both parties. So you start an, a small engagement and then you make sure that you know what are the targets that each party is supposed to, to accomplish. And if you do accomplish, then you move to the next stage. That's the same thing when you're talking about full partnership, making sure that there are success criteria for the short term and also for the long term. It's also one of the key um, advices that they'll give. How do you think fintechs and banks can, can improve these, um, these dancing skills? From the bank side, there has been a lot already done within the procurement. So, for example, we are part of the pledge uh, with Tech Nation, in which the pledge, the idea of the pledge is that um, we simplify and we are more transparent around the procurement, the onboarding of fintechs. So, that's one of the key areas that definitely um, banks need to look out for. It's what are the processes for onboarding fintechs and can that be simplified and also can that be made very transparent and clear from the beginning? Then there are, of course, other areas that the banks can look for. So do they have environments? For example, we have sandboxes in which experiments can be done. And also there is the other component, the third one, which is the data. So do banks have, for example, synthetic data or mass data that can be used for those experiments that really accelerate the conversations? and the partnerships. From the fintech side is, I think, a few things. So the first one is really making sure that they have the right people on the call, especially when it's really small uh, companies, they will have a really great team, which is mostly related with um, technology folks. Now, when you start having these conversations with, with the bank or with the BOU people, you need to have someone within the team that is able to translate what does this technology mean in terms of processes? What does this technology mean in terms of the people? So that's one of the key ones. The second one is, is making sure that they also understand that things take a bit longer at big banks. Be aware of that. You can ask for understanding of how long do the bank think it's going to take. Be mindful that it's going to take um, a bit longer. And then the third one, it's really just making sure that you also have from your side all the documentation that it's needed um, prepared. So when the bank, they ask, you can also share that information. If we switch streams a little bit, switching streams quite a bit, actually, and talk a little bit about diversity. You uh, recently won Inspiring 50 in Tech, an initiative run by Accelerate Her, um, which was aimed at um, increasing diversity in tech by recognising female role models and making them more visible. It's obvious that in the fintech industry, it's hugely skewed towards men and women are underrepresented. Um, why, why do you think that is? Women have been in the career markets much lighter than men. Um, so that's, that's one of the things. And also, there is this, the technology. You have less women learning from computer science, technology, degrees. So that's changing actually quite a lot more recently. But because you had that less or they have a, a straight balance between men and women learning those topics, then of course you have uh, less less women within the, some of these careers and some of these companies. 
I think that is changing quite a lot, to be honest. And I have seen more and more women coming through uh, from grads into the into the company. Now it's just making sure that it continues across also this, the more senior level. So the other one is, of course, the maternity leave, because many women that will take some, some maternity off. In UK, it takes typically nine months to one year. And that does mean that as a man, they will continue progressing on their career while the woman doesn't. But again, that's not just within the technology industry, it's across all the industries. So it's how can we make sure that we enable those women that are coming back from such a long time outside to really um, feel like they belong, feel like they didn't lost so much when they were off. What advice would you give to, to sort of women out there in, you know, especially that want to sort of get into the fintech industry or who are in the fintech industry and want to, to accelerate their careers? I mean, do you have any sort of specific advice for them? Take risks. And I would say the same thing to be honest to women and to men. I think just, just take risks, go after what is your passion um, and don't be afraid to ask. You know, one of the key things as a female, but also as a male is just making sure that you do say what you want. So people around you know, and they can help you progress in your career as you go. You recently wrote a wonderful piece discussing how fintech relies heavily on community um, and introductions and how diversifying your own community can help shift the paradigm of the industry and increase diversity and inclusivity. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? I mean, as part of my role, as well as head of fintech partnerships, I do notice that most of the fintechs that come through the natural pipeline, meaning they come through us, are mostly male funded. So it's something that we we did want to change. And something that I noticed is that if I do nothing, if I don't change the way um, that I source my different fintechs and connections, typically that's what I'll get. So I made an effort to go to other communities. So for example, to go to female funders communities, to go to other schools that we wouldn't typically go. And I think that really helps bring a more diverse set of funders into the table. We also did a female founder program last year that was very successful in which we brought female founders presenting to HSBC and meeting senior stakeholders. And that was really by going into other networks that I wouldn't typically go. And I think it's just being mindful of that, just being mindful that go to other networks that are not naturally part of your community. And then you will see not just female founders, but also different set of ideas and different set of um, solutions as well. Moving away sort of from the male-female diversity part, but looking at more perhaps around the ethnicity piece, there has been a lot of noise coming out of India that we're aware of. But I think, you know, Africa at the moment, I think um, I haven't got the stats to hand, but I think the percentage or the number of companies, for example, that have been accepted to Y Combinator from Nigeria alone, or Nigeria and Ghana, if I'm not mistaken, is just the tip of the iceberg. And I think, you know, that sort of talking about sort of going into different communities and accessing those sorts of areas, I think if you do that, it also gives you a wider view on what else is out there and the products that they're coming up with and the problems that they're solving as well. I think it's not just about the individual, but it's also about, I suppose, their angle that they're looking at, at the world from, to a degree. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say let's talk about Web3. Uh, <laughs> but starting at the top, before we get into that, very, very briefly, Rita, could you describe what Web3 is? Web3 is an umbrella term which is used to represent a decentralized ecosystem built on blockchain. 
So the applications and the platforms are built and owned by the users. There is a few interesting concepts within the Web3 term. So for example, we have DeFi, decentralized finance, and represents a peer-to-peer -peer financial services built on blockchain. So if you think of the financial services that we have nowadays, we have a CFI model, centralized finance, in which we have third parties supporting or enabling the financial services transactions, like for example, banks, central banks, insurance, brokers, and so on. Nowadays, if I want to make a payment, for example, I open my bank account and I request for the payment to be made and then my bank will make the payment for me. So that's the CFI model. While in the DeFi model, two users can make the payment directly from one user to the other using the blockchain technology. Another very interesting concept is the decentralized identity. So nowadays, in order to verify a user identity, we use paper credentials. So like, for example, your passport or your driving license. In the decentralized identity model, the, those same credentials will be stored on the blockchain, which means that the user is going to have more ownership around their data and they will be able to more easily share their data as needed. As an example, so let's say that the user goes and travels to another country and that for some reason they need to go to the hospital in their country. Through that decentralized identity, they will be able to share their historical medical information with the hospital in that country. And they have the ownership to share the data that they want. And because of new technologies like zero-based proof knowledge, for example, they don't have to share all the data. And of course, we also have the, the NFTs and the metaverse, which are so part of the, the Web3 concepts and in term. Kind of circling back to fintech, I mean, how do you see Web3 being adopted by fintechs? If you think about what fintechs are, in very simple terms, they are technology companies which are providing or enabling financial services. With the Web3 and the DeFi model that we are just talking about, the only difference is really that the infrastructure is different. So now we're talking about blockchain technology. Let's take an example. Let's say that, for example, we have a fintech which is um, doing some analytics and looking at the past state of the consumer and um, doing some forecasting, some trends analysis. The difference with the Web3 and the DeFi model is that now they are analyzing transactions and data which are stored on the blockchain technology. So there is no doubt that fintechs will play a role into this new Web3 DeFi model. It will be interesting to see what role do they decide to play and how the business models might change. And it will be even interesting to see if we're going to continue calling them fintech or if you're going to have a different term for, for those companies. That's fantastic. We've covered a huge amount, probably in quite a short period of time. The question that I've got to ask really is, is that, you know, in your role as head of fintech partnerships um, at HSBC, what sort of fintechs are you keeping an eye out for? I typically look at B2B fintechs, which is business-to-business -business fintechs. And I would typically also look for companies that are big enough that they are able to scale. And that in terms of seed is around typically seed A or seed B within the financial services industry. I also cover global functions. 
So any fintech within the global functions area, it's, it's someone that I would be keen to or happy to have a conversation with. But also more interesting, like we were just discussing around Web3 and DeFi, that's an area that we are starting to look more and more. And within that area, because it's it's really a new area still for for the industry, we would actually be happy to speak with companies that are at more earlier stage. Um, and that's what we have seen. Also, the other interesting uh, part, if you want, I can share, is also that at HSBC, we also have an investment arm. So sometimes we also invest into companies that we have a business sponsorship. And that's how sometimes we also we, sh- we change exchange companies between between our teams and the venture teams to make sure that we know what are the companies in the market. So yeah, happy to have to have a conversation and connect with any of the, the companies in that space. Fantastic. What's next for you? What's your aspiration? So you're, you're already head of uh, head of fintech partnerships at HSBC. What's uh, what's the next step? There is so much more still to be done, to be honest, and it's really continue engaging with the community, connecting with the new companies coming into this space, and creating partnerships at HSBC. The other thing that I will be leading as well is we're launching an entrepreneur in residence program at HSBC which we'll be looking into some of these areas. And that's going to be really interesting in the way that we're actually looking at ideas and problems and creating solutions for it. So I guess those are the, the main topics for now, but I'm sure there'll be more and more coming coming soon. Let's close up on our, on our quick fire round, which we do with every, all of our guests here on the FML podcast. Um, what, uh, what song do you have on repeat right now? I moved from songs to podcasts just because... Well, nowadays I don't really commute that much. Yeah, true. Um, so I have moved into podcasts. So maybe I can tell you about the podcast I I listen to. Yeah, go for it. I guess one which is slightly outside my remit is the the food medic, which is more around actually the the wealth, what food should you be eating, and also what exercise, and that really helps you on how to be mindful and be like really present. And the second one also that I'm really enjoying listening to is the, the CEO diary in which he invites a few people that really senior founders, CEOs, and just talk them through their journey, what they have learned, how do they think through some of the questions that they have. That's, um, that's Stephen Bartlett, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's, has he done a musical now to, to, alongside it as well? Um, yes, uh, yeah he has yeah I'll check. Uh, what are you currently binge watching on tv at the moment so i'm watching formula one on netflix which is not my typical watch but i'm really enjoying it so much that i might even try and go and see a formula one real life it's it's really interesting because i know if you have seen the program but it talks about not just the cars but also like all the politics and the teams you just learn so much about like the mindset that you need to have to be a winner and how does the team play a part in being a winner. So I'm actually really fascinated. Sounds, uh, actually you're the second person who's mentioned that. So I, I have to add it to my watch list. You should, yeah. Uh, what's the uh, best bit of life advice you've ever received? One interesting advice that I got was around making sure that I sit down and write all the things that I've, I have accomplished because with life, and it doesn't have to be at the end of the year, but now and then just sitting down and writing down what you have, because we feel like 
we are always working and doing so many different things and we don't notice how the small achievements really make part of your actually long-term progress. So I, I do that quite often nowadays where I actually sit down and reflect back on a few months I had and all the small things that I have achieved. And I'm always impressed with actually so much stuff that I have done, but you don't notice because you're always going to the next thing. I think, I think we're, we're all guilty of, of, of having our heads down and, and without sort of looking up every now and then. Uh, and celebrating, right? Yeah. We need to celebrate more. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst at that. I, I, yeah, I'm terrible with that. Who in the world of, um, I suppose, in the fintech space or the startup space would you, would you most like to take to lunch? I guess not so much in the fintech space, but I was listening to Balaji recently. What was his last name? Sri New something? Srinivasan, yeah. Yeah, and I find so interesting because it's he talks about also broader than just mm. fintech and technology. He talks about the technology, how does it impact society and how does it impact all the different industries? And I think that's that's really fascinating. And yeah, if I could if you could I would easily buy him a lunch for sure. <laughs> he's one of those people that, that he's his intelligence is on a, on a different playing field. Yes. <laughs> um, he's a bit like Naval, actually. Um, the, the, the angle and the way that they view life is, is just, just something different. And lastly, uh, what's one thing that I, I haven't asked um, that you, uh, you feel that I should have asked you? Maybe you could have asked about the Oxford, Oxford FinTech course that we are doing. Oh, well, t- tell us all about that in that case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I did the Oxford course myself last year, and I'm currently the guest speaker at the course, which is really so much fun. And we also partnering up with them to bring one of the courses into HSBC. So that's a, a really interesting one. And I think, you know, it's interesting how we're saying we, we keep just going to the next thing and we, we listen to podcasts, read, read books, but it's also really good to go into have a full one course um, that we can bring into, into the bank, but also being the guest speaker at the course, it's, it's really nice and hopefully can share some of the learnings. No, that's, um, I was going to say it's a hell of an accolade to have. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Um, Rita, as I said, we've covered an awful lot in, 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 you know, in a relatively short period of time. It's been fascinating. Um, thank you very, very much for coming on to the FML podcast. I've hoped you enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, I had a, really nice time thank you great stuff uh for those listening don't forget to uh subscribe like share and uh if you want to connect with rita we'll put her linkedin contact details into the show notes the fml podcast is brought to you by growth gorilla to find out how our marketing growth experts can boost your fintech's growth head to growthgorilla.co.uk and make sure to search for the fml podcast in apple podcasts spotify or anywhere else podcasts are found. Don't forget to click follow to ensure you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Growth Gorilla, thanks for listening.